Hello again. I'm Steve Longo, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Rock and Roll Show and Tell, coming to you from the No Gloom Ballroom. Today on the show, bassist Greg Smith. Ah, Greg has played with a few people, including Billy Joel, Wendy O. Williams, Alice Cooper, Rainbow, Blue Oyster Cult, Dawkins, Vinnie Moore, Jolyn Turner, Ted Nugent, Tommy James and the Shondells, Alan Parsons, the Turtles, Felix Cavalier, and me. Greg's an old friend and an excellent musician, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this program. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Jason's Deli, with four convenient locations from Naples to Cape Coral, Florida. They are a must-try. Jason's Deli, where all good things come from wholesome ingredients. And Bradley's Jewelers of South Fort Myers. They specialize in amazing moments. Bradley's Jewelers. Stop by and say hello to Brad and Colby. And we'll see you next week right here on the podcast from the No Gloom Ballroom. It's rock and roll show and tell. Yeah, really. Okay. Well, listen, this is cool. How are you, man? What's going on? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. It's like, uh, like, oh, oh, this is such a cool thing for me to be able to do. And it's funny because, you know, I can picture you on the other side, just like me over here almost every day, freaking out, pulling wires and buttons, and, you know, because it's uh, the trip. For some reason, my, my iPad usually picks up my texts, didn't pick up the text with the link, and I tried to manually put the password in, and then I screwed it up somehow, and then I tried to do it with my phone, and my phone wasn't accessing the uh, microphone, and... Uh, it was just a, whatever. Well, it's, you know what, it's always, that's life on the bleeding edge, man. Exactly. So I, I well, when I was waiting, when I was waiting for Facebook to unfreeze and the rest of the crap that goes on in this thing, um, I played a couple of clips. I played, uh, the bass solo from Ted with Ted Nugent. Okay. And then I played, um... I guess the introduction song uh, from Alice Cooper. I found that cool, cool piece. So oh, we've, got, we've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, staying busy. You know. Yeah. So you you always were. But do you know when was the last time we played together? So we played together like we glanced off each other in the I don't even remember what decade. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was quite a while ago. Uh, I think I mean, we've seen each other since. But um, oh yeah. Uh, the last time we played together was with Jolyn Turner. Wow. With Godfrey. Right. With God oh man, I forgot about Jolyn at, at Barbat and that whole thing. Yeah, yep. And uh, I think it was uh it was another place on on uh, Bell Boulevard, I think. Yeah. We played. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Got- yeah. Yeah, Godfrey used to come up with those uh, some of those good gigs. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah. You know that was that was uh, that was cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, um, it's always fun playing with Joe. You know, I mean, uh, uh, it, Joe, Joe is just he's such a wild card. You never know what's going to go on, and you know he's always brilliant. You know what I mean? No matter what, I've seen that guy where he literally can't talk. But he gets up there, and his voice is better than anybody's. You know. Uh, yeah, I know. Believe me, I, I've uh, I've done more than my share of shows with Joe, 
That was a yep. mouthful. And uh, <laughs> I've never heard him hit a bad note. I, I've yep. never heard him hit a bad note. And it's, you know, I've done a lot of demos with him, too. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, great singer. You know, he'd either go up to yep. my house or I'd go into town. Great, great singer. Yeah. But yep. so speaking of Joe, I noticed in your list of credits, which I will put on the screen as we speak. Uh-uh. Well, at least I got that part right. I, I saw uh, Rainbow on there. Yeah, yeah. I got. Well, let's start there because you know I have a little Rainbow history. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mine's only like a couple of weeks, but I'll tell you about it. It was a, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll share stories. So, yeah, go ahead, please let me know how that happened and when. Okay, uh, it was 94 to 97. And, um, you know, I'd been playing with, with Joe, and John O'Reilly was playing drums. Ah. You know? Uh -huh. So, John ended up getting a gig with Rainbow, and um, they had been working with somebody else, and, uh, for some reason they didn't like the way it was working out and John asked me if I was interested and I was, of course you know chance to play with Blackmore I was just a <laughs> so uh, I landed at a place called the All Aboard Pub in uh, Ronkakuma <laughs> and uh, uh, Doogie White who was at the time uh, he came in and he said, and he's a Scottish guy. He's like, uh, hey, Richie's going to be coming. I can't do a Scottish accent, otherwise I would. Well, I can do one for you. that guy talks. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe Richie's coming in. You know? <laughs> anyway, he said Richie was coming to, to check me out. So he gets up and he sings with the band. And um, Richie just happens to pull up outside. I see a purple Mercedes pull up. You know, and you can see, you know, into the parking lot from there, from uh, the stage. And uh, of course, it's Richie, and he sees me and the singer, Doogie White, and we're harmonizing together, and he liked the way our voices blended together, so he parked the car and came in. So I was like, okay, that's check number one, that's good, you know? And he sat around, he watched the band for a little bit, he's playing foosball in the, in the corner, you know? Then we took a break, and uh, I went over to him, introduced myself, and you know, uh, uh, said, hey, I heard you're looking for a bass player. He's like, yeah, you know, this and that, and uh, you know, we'd love to have you come down. And um, and so uh, we go up to the bar together, and I happen to be brewing beer with a buddy of mine at that time. And I said, hey, Richie, I have some of my homemade beer. Would you like some? He goes, you brew beer. I went, yeah, of course. And he goes, I would love some. <laughs> I think that was another little bonus that he liked about wow. me, too. And uh, so long story short, I, you know, we went up to some um, a couple of weeks later, went up to some uh, uh, mansion that he rented uh, in the Hudson Valley, got together and jammed. Um, did, didn't do a lot of rainbow with Deep Purple. We just jammed on blues and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of it, uh, he says, right, do you want the job? You've got it. And then he left. He just like, out, left the building. And so I'm like, what just happened? Do I have a gig? Do I not have a gig? What's going on, you know? And uh, so I didn't know for about three weeks that I actually had the gig. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm guessing you you dealt with Bruce Payne. No, no, it was a different management at that point. Really? Wow. Yeah. I thought he was with with uh, with them to the end, but I guess wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because when he left Purple, he left Bruce too, and he got new management. Okay, okay, because I man, I can't remember when I <laughs> I get a call from a friend of mine says uh, Richie Blackmore is trying to find you. I said, what? Trying to find me? And and this is eighties. We're going back. This is um, uh, this is desperate heart days, right? Okay. 
And I guess, and the drummer in the band at the time was Chuck Bergie, who I know you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess they had had some kind, you know, Richie, you know Richie. Yeah. You were in the band, you know Richie. So I guess they had some kind of a falling out, and I get this call from uh, finally from Bruce Payne. I go over to um, to Greenwich where the office is, and yeah. he's talking to me, and he asked me to bring some tapes and all I had at the time. I mean, eighties it was cassettes, and yeah. so I'm sitting in his office. I'm talking to him. He's asking me questions like you know whatever, and come to find out. Blackmore is in the next room listening through the door, oh, right? Uh, typical, right? So yep. I say, okay, well, thanks a lot. You know, and I leave. And I go back uh, wherever to New York and I get the call. Ah, I want you to come down and, and audition. So I think, all right, okay. And that was, that was uh, an interesting, I'll save that story for another time. But uh, I wound up going into the studio with them and um, we were, we were, recording against a click yeah and he said to me uh you're out of time and i said i'm not thinking it's me yeah and he said yep. well i'm i'm sure it's you mate now or something you know and this is we're going back you know i don't even know if i have these brain cells anymore and i made the mistake instead of saying well let roger and i you know go with it uh with david you know let's you know i said well uh let's see <laughs> yeah, I went in the control room and I asked the engineer to play it back with the click, play my part back with the click, his part back with the click, and uh, that was probably that probably saved me a lot of grief down the road, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Richie's got you know definitely has a tendency to make things quite a bit faster. You know, um, we used to uh, start with Spotlight Kid, and um, by that time when we toured, uh, Chuck Bergie was back in the band. You know. And so Richie would start it so fast and he does that guitar intro and Chuck and I would just look at each other and go like, we can't play this fast. <laughs> How are we going to get through this, man? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, he's, you know, uh, I, I have uh, more than one story. We, um, do you know the studio? Did you guys use the studio on Airmont Road up in um, Westchester County? No, uh, he was living in Long Island at the time, so uh, we, we would rehearse in Altakama. Oh, okay, yeah, well, we went, uh, we actually recorded a track up at uh, uh, Airmont, and they're, they're very interesting, you know, um, and you know Cookie, and you know all the guys, right? Well, they all yeah. knew Rat Race Choir, so they're all like, yeah, Rat Race, Rat yeah. Race! Uh, Richie comes down the stairs from, uh, you know, from the second floor, and he says, oh, Rat Race Choir, uh, who came up with that name? So I said, uh, well, actually, it's uh, from it's uh, by Bob Dylan. And he uh, said, oh, Bob Dylan, uh, was he in the band? And I said, <laughs> uh, no, nah, he's a songwriter from the village. And, you know, so it, it was, you know, it was. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you know, by the, time, by the time I joined the band in 94, I'd already played with Joe, I'd already played with Chuck Bergie, and I'd already played with Dave Rosenthal. So I heard all the stories about Richie, you know, so I was prepared for him. You know, so uh, um, the first thing I did was I never let him know I was a fan because if he if he knew I was a fan, oh, he did. He treated me like crap. As far as he knew, I was some professional guy. I did Dallas Hooper and you know all these other bands and stuff before you know. So I was some professional guy coming in. I was like, let him think that man. I mean, that's what I was obviously, but let let him go with that and uh, and run with it. You know, but he still tried to screw with me a little bit, like in the practical jokes. You know. Um, when 
when we were up at that uh, mansion in the Hudson Valley, he had a, a big industrial vacuum on a remote control. And it was in my room. Of course. And, in the morning, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this is tricky, you know. So I turn on the light, and sure enough, I see it's on. A, it's on like a, a little remote control kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I can see the thing on the wall, so I just unplug it. Yeah, and I can just picture him in his room. Nothing. <laughs> I always the probably end up doing this and laughing, thinking that something's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You got him. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I've heard some real <laughs> horror stories. You know, because I, I, I came up with Rondinelli and all those guys. So I've heard yeah. some. I've heard some stuff. But uh, listen, you know, whatever. Everybody. But you know what though? I, ne I never let him get to me. Um, and so he would just move on to easier prey. Because what, what he wants, he wants to get a rise out of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, he never got to me either, and, and the whole part of that was, you know, when I actually went into the control room and dared to challenge him, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not, I mean, I'm a band guy, and I, and I want to talk about this with you, because you've got credits with a lot of guys, and, and I've always been a guy that was in a band, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, um, oh, yeah, you remember Rat Race Choir from Long Island. I mean, that yeah. that was my sensibility. It was sort of like British Invasion, you know, kind of we all stick together, which yeah. it's a nice thought, but doesn't yeah. always go that way. But, you know, when I was, I'm used to saying what I feel about a musical thing. I mean, it is about a connection. And so I, I didn't do well in situations like that because I didn't play nicely with the other children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, you know, I, I always got along uh, fairly well with them though. Uh, I remember one one time on the side of the stage, um you know, the rainbow music is going, the over the rainbow stuff, you know, oh, yeah. at, at, that's going on and there's probably 5,000 people and you know, the big, you know, we had the big backdrop and everything. Lights are going. Richie comes over to our side of the stage. Paul Morris was in the band too. You remember Paul Morris? Oh, like, oh, oh, I got Paul Morris stories. Go ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So this is a Paul Morris story as well. So uh, um, Paul, he'd always get a rise out of Paul, you know. So he comes over to the side of the stage and he says, "Oh, Chuck, your solo last night was amazing, you know. And Greg, what you did because I come in like at the end of the solo and, and start ripping along. Sure. What you did last night was was the best I've heard. You go, Paul." You were sucked. And he walked away. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And then Paul just started, like, throwing shit and everything. <laughs> well, Paul dated our secretary. Uh-huh. And... She was at he, that house. She was at that house. Yeah. That, oh, my God. Wait a second. Wait. Yeah. Is that the one where you got arrested? I was there. Stephanie. I was there, man. Yeah, and... I had to uh, yeah, they, they, uh, Richie put... Uh, ketchup in the bed like she was you know I, I mean he just yeah but yeah that was yeah no yeah Is that was, the one he got he got uh, arrested no 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 she never no no her father's like a cop or something so, oh okay yeah no 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 she was yeah, blind going on where um you know there was she, you know, uh, he was having an argument with a girlfriend. And of course, Richie loved all this stuff. Oh, you know? yeah, drama. His girlfriend came over and interrupted the rehearsal and, you know, started screaming and yelling at him. They go upstairs and Richie's got like a microphone. So he's like listening to all this shit, <laughs> recording it, you know? <laughs> you know, he had a microphone up there or something. I don't know. 
And um, then you know, she accused him of, of uh, getting physical, and the cops came, and you know, got taken down to the station, and wow. you know, I had to report, you know, to basically uh, with him to like basically say what I saw and didn't see, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, of course, Richie just—it's turmoil. He loves it, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, believe me, I've. <laughs> God, I mean, and that's the guy, you know, I know Paul a little bit, so, and he's just yeah. perfect prey for for that. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. perfect. Well, I'm going to tell and you. He's a brilliant player, though. Absolutely brilliant player. Yeah, and that's, you know, and if, if he's a brilliant player, and you can take the piss out of him in a national fashion, <laughs> even, you know, for better, right? Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll give you the condensed version of my audition with Richie. Okay. He, I go out to the island, wherever it was, his favorite place. Joe Lynn's there, Roger's there, David's there, and we're doing Long Live Rock and Roll. Right? We okay. had done a bunch of songs, but now we're doing Long Live Rock and Roll, which is a shuffle, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And I play double kicks, but it's, uh, you know what? Not anything that I. There's no uh, double kick beats that I have to, you know, do to play the songs properly. So anyway, yeah. we get to the middle of, of, uh, of the song, and we're in a solo, and he drops out, and he, and he waves David out, and he points at Roger, and so Roger starts doing a little solo, and then he cuts him out, brings him out. So now, I'm playing a shuffle, a medium shuffle, along the rock and roll, and it's like, solo. Well, in the beginning of the rehearsal, he said, do you do a solo live? And I said, yeah. Um, uh, how long would that be? And I said, whatever you need. A minute, yeah. two minutes, if that's what you need. Three minutes, five minutes, uh, if that's yeah. what you want. Six minutes, eight minutes. And so I said, well, you know what, what, whatever you need, right? I, you know, now, if you remember my solos from not that long ago, I got no problem with eight minutes. So yeah, yeah. we're playing Long Live Rock and Roll, and I and now and he says, "All right, solo." And he sits down on the amp and unplugs his guitar and just starts staring at me like that. Yeah. I said, "Okay, you want to see every trick in the book? I got them all." And I yeah. made him play me back into the you know I made him play me out of the solo, and yeah. it was uh, it. But and I could tell that he was enjoying the tension and yeah, that he was yeah. looking forward to something. But I think I just. Uh, Whatever. I think yeah. he was. I think he might have been worried about what I would have done in response to. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he definitely thrives on that. As a matter of fact, we we did a uh, um, uh, rock palace. You know, it's a famous German show. You know, that actually since they've they've released as a live DVD and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but at the beginning of that show, you know, I had to. I had to go drop a deuce before the show, like you know, like five minutes before the show. Right. So I'm in the bathroom, and what does he do? Like the, the rainbow, the Dorothy stuff is going on, and I'm just finishing my business, and I go to open the door. He barricaded the door, so so I, I potentially missed you know the downbeat. Oh uh, I got a pretty, I got a pretty good shoulder, so. I <laughs> Yeah, I'd say, yeah, you know, that they they used to do that kind of stuff. To, the Who used to do that kind of stuff to Peter Frampton. Um, they used to, like, they, they told him uh, that he had to stay in this really shitty motel, like this horror, horror you know, night on Haunted Hill place. And, and yeah. Keith Moon, when they were introducing him before, when he was opening for The Who, handcuffed him to the radiator and left him in the dressing room. That, Oh my God! And I mean, this is—you know—I got it direct from the ox's mouth, yeah. so you know. Right, right. So, um, 
I, and the reason I brought up the band thing, though, before is I'm curious. I mean, you played with Don Dockin, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, I'd have to put the Chiron back up to see. Well, I know he played with Alice and, and Ted. Which one of the, the, where did you come up on Long Island? What was your band? Was there a Long Island band for you? Uh, yes, uh, Cintron. Cintron. Oh, George. No, man. George, I had uh, I had George on the show last week. Oh no, kidding! I love George, man. He's awesome. What? I, and Danny Miranda's been on, but George, man, what a special dude. And let yep. me let me shout out to the people out there, George Cintron. When is his show? Um. It's like now. Well, you know what? I, if you feel like seeing well, something it's new, his is Thursday. Now is Thursday. Now is oh, okay. See, yeah, this is my house, bro. George's show is Wednesday from seven to eight. Please drop by uh -huh. there. You know, a little support to the peoples out there, and you know what? Um, what I told everybody. See, now I was talking to the people. Now. I'm, back to you bro because they're not really here um i uh yeah please um okay there there went that thought <laughs> it's, it's fun to go, isn't it, right? <laughs> yeah ginkgo ginkgo um i don't know but george i mean george uh, uh, an amazing player you're and talking about the fan stuff yeah. Oh, we were talking about what were we talking about? Like, uh, oh, the band uh, stuff. Yes, that's right. I asked you your band, and it was Cintron. Yeah. Well, right. then I have to know that was that. Wait a minute. Was that you always in Cintron? Did I play a clip with you in it? Did um, maybe not because I was there from eighty to eighty-two. Um, I, I left in like August of eighty-two, and then they had this guy Leo for I guess um a year or two like after I left. Okay. It was that they broke up. I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Okay. But I mean, I remember certainly seeing that name. You know, if you were doing anything yeah. back in the day, and oops, I yeah. said it again. <laughs> oops, I did it again. Um, <laughs> if you, uh, if you, um, you know, if you were playing in that, you know, back then. Um, yeah. You never got to see I, anybody. I believe, I believe we we. Um, I believe we did gigs together. I, with, yeah. You know, I, I, I pretty much like probably Hammerheads or something like that. Cause we used to play there quite a bit. And then, you know, they had the double stage, you know. Oh, here, here's a good Hammerheads George story, okay? Okay. Like 82, you know. And I think we were playing with Swift Kick. Remember Swift Kick, obviously. Well, yeah. Alan St. John was the keyboard player in the first yes. John Entwistle band. So, yes, yeah. I remember Swift yeah. Kick. Yeah. So, uh, um, George had like one of the first wireless systems in, in Long Island, you know? And, uh, you know, anybody who doesn't know, um, Hammerheads was this massive club. It was, it was an old supermarket that they turned into a club. And the bars were two like life-size ships, you know? And it, the DJ booth was a big octopus all the way in the back. Oh, know? I forgot about the octopus. <laughs> the octopus. <laughs> so, so George is all the way up at the octopus, you know? <laughs> When they do an eruption, the lights come on the stage, nobody sees the guitar player, everybody's going, what the heck, where'd he go, where is he, where is he, and all of a sudden the lights go, bam, to the octopus, and George is like, you know, you know, and he goes up, and the lights are following him and stuff, and uh, you know, he goes up to the bar, does a shot, comes through uh, uh, Swift Kick's dressing room, right, goes on to Swift Kick's stage, 
tripped over a cable. <laughs> so he went from being the coolest guy on the planet to like punk. <laughs> oh man. See, I, you know, I, I, I well, wow. Ah, that sucks, but hey, that's showbiz, right? <laughs> Oh, God, George. Well, listen, uh, at least he's, you know, he's still doing those symphony things. And, you know, I mean, nobody's yeah. doing anything now. With Randy, right? Yeah, with Randy. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, he's, and he's got his show. He's got a show. Um, uh -huh. You know, so it's, uh, he's, you know, he's in, he's in there doing what he does. Good old George. Yeah. I, I, you know, he still plays and sings, you know, uh, uh, just even better than he did back then. You know what I mean? He's, he's such a talented guy man and, and such a sweet person you know yeah really and you know the, the truth of it is it, for all those years um i didn't ever really know anybody in the other bands because uh, i was too busy outside yeah. smoking pot and you know and that's so that's we're being totally honest uh you know i could hear you through the wall and right, right. as long as it was in time that was fine with me yeah, <laughs> but um, but uh, no. The truth is, I I never really got to see anybody. I, I saw Zebra yeah. because um, we were we were friends, and sometimes on nights off they'd be close enough, and I you know if we were in the Hamptons or whatever, I'd drive to see them, and yeah, it was weird. I mean, that's uh, yeah. you know. Well, I remember the iconic days, wasn't it? Uh, at Speaks, were you guys on Tuesdays? Wednesdays. Wednesdays, okay. Then it must have been Zebra on Tuesdays and Twisted on Thursdays, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it was. It was yeah. yeah. It was nuts. And everybody that, that I, everybody that I have on, we we all talk about that. I, it was like an iconic moment. And I go back to the Laurel Canyon video that's out there now, not the one with uh, Dylan, but the, there's a two-part series, really good one. And it, and we had, even though we weren't all connected, you know, actually, we had that community and that, which brings us oh, yeah. here. So it was always, you know, it was, and it was understood um, if you were a player back then and not a player, but yeah. if you were a player back then, uh, you were respected for that. And that's what it yeah. was. It didn't matter what your band was or this and that. If people knew that you could play, that's what garnered the respect. So, um, And, you know, I've, I've had people that I work with, um, you know, from you know, Phoenix, L.A., Washington, whatever, you know what I mean? And they say, well, how many, how come there's so many great players from New York and Long Island, you know? And I explain to them that that time and you know what was going on and you know if you weren't great you didn't you weren't in a band you know and uh you, you had to you know there were so many great players to watch you know and you had to be as good as them you know i mean like your band you know rat race fire you guys were the cream of the crop man you know all of you guys were just like the best at what you do and you know i mean I, i'm a bit younger than you i used to go see you guys and be like wow you know what i mean it's just you know you wanted to be that good you know well that yeah, let me tell you what that has been the most rewarding thing for me personally that's come out of this show is to hear people say things like that and that's worth i mean you're a player man you're a guy who goes out there you march uh, when they say march you march when they say stop you stop i mean you're you're in there and you've been in there and it's been fun for me to you know to look back at your career and see all the stuff that you've done um and you know i was going to ask before 
uh, I was curious if any of the bands, um, not Sintron, because obviously that's what it was, but if any any of the bands, like Alice or um, Ted or any of that, was there a band vibe there? I mean, did, did any of those guys? Wendy uh, Williams. Wendy Wendy O. Williams. Was, uh, was there a band vibe there? <laughs> well, um, you know what? It, it's really interesting. Um, you know, with Rainbow, like with Alice, Alice is very much it's Alice and the band, you know? Um, Alice in interviews, back then at least, never really mentioned the band much. And, you know, we didn't really get much press at all, you know? Um, That's why actually it came a time where I had to make the choice between Rainbow and Alice, because for for, I think a couple of years, I was in both bands. Like it just worked out that I was able to do both. I knew at some point it would come to a head, you know? Yeah. Um, But when it did, I chose Rainbow because even though it's Richie's band, um, I was put out there and, you know, there were band pictures, you know, it, it comes out to the public as a band, even though it's not, you know, right. Um, so, so I thought, I thought it was better for me personally, for my career to be put out there, you know what I mean? To be visible. You I know? get that. Uh, I get that all day long. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then, uh, with, with, with Ted, with Ted, it's, it's about as close to like a band vibe as you could ever get. You know, um, I got a I got a problem or a question or even an idea. I just call him on the phone. Hey Ted, how about this for the ending, or how about that, or what do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Give it a try in rehearsals. You know, um, he he's constantly. I mean, uh, just yesterday he sent me uh, like new songs. You know, uh, via text. So it's like him and a guitar and singing along and stuff. And it's just it's cool. You know, that's um, very cool. That's that's hello. great. Uh, you know, although like on a financial level, it's his bet, you know, and I'm a salaried player, you know, but um, every other way, it's 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 just like a regular band, you know, which is cool. I, I really I really dig that, you know. Well, yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm believe me, I'm really happy to hear you say that. I was talking to um, who was I talking to the other day that, that played with Queen? Um, Oh, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Yeah. I'm talking to Danny, and we're talking about Queen, and he's telling me about how uh, those guys were like, you know, just hanging out and wanting to be friends, and not wanting to be friends, but you know what I mean, going wanting to, to be, dinner. yeah, going out to dinner, and it's, yeah, and that's the way it was in the Egg Whistle Band. And right. um, what the hell is this? Meeting will end in ten minutes. Upgrade now to remove. I'm getting freaking messages. I'm getting spammed here. (laughs) Wow. Upgrade now. I already upgraded. I'd be able to fly around the room on this thing. I don't know what to do. Oh, well, I'm not going to do anything now. No. 10 minutes. Well, that's just, oh, well, we're done at 8. Anyway. Let's let's try to cram in as much shit as we can. Okay. Then we have the then we have the questionnaire that we have to well, do. Yeah, we have to ask you about his hundred year old house. Oh yeah, we need to know about the hundred year old house. Is it haunted? Yes. Uh, no. You know what? It's really funny. The first night, first night we slept here, uh, my wife and I, we were laying in bed. I was like, "All right, man, if anybody's here, uh, we're cool with you." You know, and uh, luckily, you know, it's it's very unhaunted. You know. And uh, I've I've been here 20 years now, so I've oh, pretty much wow. touched every last bit of the house. Yeah, I get um, that. Well, I was hoping to find stuff, you know, mm. but I really didn't find any. I found like an old chisel, you know. That's about it. But let me tell you, 100 years from now, anybody who pulls apart these walls, they got beer cans, they got Rolling <laughs> Stone magazines, they got paychecks, you know, from bands that I've, you know, oh, uh, you know. Man. 
Know some stuff, you know that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, listen, I I know when when I uh, when we bought this place, we the the rooms that you're seeing behind me, which you're seeing virtually, but they're actually really uh -huh. there. Um, this the room that I would be in the control room was a an office, and then yeah. there was like a workout room and something else. And I giant had guys, laundry room. The, yeah, yeah, and a giant laundry room. And I said, well, we don't need. What do we need? A giant laundry room? I don't think we need a giant laundry room unless we were Getty Lee and we wanted to have the washer and dryer on stage. You know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, well, like I said, I'm glad to hear that about Ted. That that's cool. And I, and you have to understand too that you know those guys are those guys um yeah they did what they did and uh but i respect them for the vibe you know what i mean whereas uh, john and i and robin zander and i in those situations were partners in the business yeah so yeah. that made everything like a lot easier for everybody because john was insulated without being worried about taking advantage you know it was just great yep. it was a great situation yeah, yeah. Now, Harkey, let me ask you about Harkey. Is it still oh, Larry? Yeah. Um, well, um, Larry's still got something to, uh, to do with the, the company, of course. But uh, I believe, like, uh, it's, it's mainly Samson that has the controlling, you know, uh, side. But Larry's still, you know, he's still the guy there. You know what I mean? He's still yeah. the figurehead, and he's, uh, he's a great guy. Um, I love Larry. My God. You know, back when, uh, when I first started using Harkey's in uh, 92, I think it was, uh, it was Chuck Berge who brought me there because I think they went to high school together, you know? And uh, so I'm at the factory and we're hanging out and he had a big stage there. We jammed. And uh, Larry's like, yeah, what do you need, man? And I was like, yeah, I need, you know, a couple of cabinets and, uh, you know, a couple of heads. He goes, uh, there you go. And he just takes them right off the assembly line. No serial numbers. So when I was going to Europe with Alice, I got these cabinets with no serial numbers. He was driving the road manager nuts. Wow, right, because of the carnet and all. Oh, man. Bringing them home must have been fun, or did you just leave them there? Well, no, no. Uh, um, see, I mean, back then it was, you, it, you know, you'd, you'd bring them there, there and back on the slow boat. So I guess it was a little easier maybe than yeah. it is now. You know? Yeah. And you when, know, you have, like, have to have like a two-week, uh, a period between the American tour and the uh, European, so right. everything go slow boat. You know? And what, who did it? Rocket Rocket Cargo is that who always Rocket did Cargo? It? Yep. <laughs> oh, I lived in Valley Stream at the time, so it was easy, man. I oh, still wow. pick up my gear. Yeah, yeah, they were great. They did all our stuff, you know, back and forth from England and or whatever. It was, you know, they were yep. great. They were great. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let me get in. So this has been great. We're going to have to pick this up again. We're going to have to yeah, do like a, a part two. We're going to have to do, uh, what are we doing? A part two. Yeah, we're going to have to do a part two. Maybe we'll have George on. And I should tell you this. I tell everybody else, I guess... Um, Danny, I, I don't know, whatever. I told him uh, the, the password to get in here is the same every time. So oh, tomorrow okay. night... I've got Mitch Weissman, right? Yeah. You, oh, I uh, tell Mitch I said hi. I love well, Mitch. Well, you come. You see what we're doing? Come in and say hi. You can just knock on the door. I'll see it's you, and I'll say, "Hey, guess who came to the party?" Okay. Yeah. Why not, man? Sure. I, I'm not I was hoping Danny was going to do that tonight. He said if he was free, I should drop uh, in. So yeah, yeah, yeah like cool. party of my. I just wish we could walk in the other room and light it up. Yeah. Bit, yeah. But. Yeah. Hey, I gotta ask you: Are those NS tens? Yes, yes, they are. I don't know if you see, uh, but he's, oh. 
Ah, yes, it's the truth, isn't it? Right. I got I got those from Cope City Sound oh. um, when they were just looking to get rid of them. I think I bought them for a hundred bucks for the pair back yeah. when everybody was like dumping them. Tweeters you know? cost more than that now. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I'm going to do this because I that freaked me out with that thing telling me I was done in five minutes. I'm going to get to my questionnaire. Okay. Okay, you have traveled near and far. Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant on the road? Favorite restaurant on the road? Uh, it doesn't well, have to be you know, fancy. There's, there's the top-end restaurants, but i got to say probably one of my all-time favorite places to go is Portillo's in, like, the Chicago area for, like, the Italian beef sandwiches. Oh, that, Forget it. I, I love it. Or or In and Out on the West Coast. Uh, you know, everybody has a junk food one. I had. I, I asked. Um, you, you. No, no, no. It was. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Lenny. Lenny Kotke from the Good Rat. Uh-huh. This has been Bass Player Week. It's been fantastic. Yeah. And, cool. And I asked Lenny what his favorite one was. He said Bob Evans. He goes, "What's what's that place with the sausage gravy?" Bob Evans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Shelly liked uh, Fat Burger. Yeah, and Shelly uh, Stanley Sheldon, who was on yesterday. Uh, picked out fat burger that would be so it's a, oh, good, good yeah. to know that we're all in the right club <laughs> so, I, uh, I so rarely eat uh, uh i so rarely eat fast food that you know when, when i'm in those places i i just allow myself one you know yeah, there you go all right song that you love to play favorite song that you uh, to play anywhere anytime i love playing this song I would have to say when I was with uh, uh, Rainbow, well, I actually was over the Rainbow with uh, Blackmore's Kid and Joey and, and Rondinelli. Um, we used to do Gates of Babylon, and God, I just love that song. Cool. You know, uh, All right, song that you never want to play again ever under any circumstances, no matter what. Probably Brown Eyed Girl, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> or Mustang Sally, or something like you know one of those that are just right. You, you played that too many times at the China Club, right? I, I'd rather just have root canal and call it good. <laughs> For me, that would probably be Knock on Wood, but I, I feel you, bro. <laughs> hey, you know Knock on Wood? No, how's that one go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, instrument, instrument uh, on stage that you could play if you if you were not a bass player. What instrument would you play? Uh, probably, probably piano. Ah, I love piano. I mean, you know, it's it's a wonderful instrument. I'm terrible at it. I have a, a an old one in my house, a a, a, a 1915 upright that I got oh. for free from, wow. from down the road. I had it tuned up, you know, old ivory keys, and uh, I'm just terrible at it. I mean, I, I know I know the notes, I know the, the you know chords and stuff, but I just uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I listen, I get that. Nope. I get that too. Okay, here we go. Now, this, now this is a serious one. This is a big one for me. If you could play one show with anybody, living or dead, who would it be? Besides you, <laughs> uh, John Bonham. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. John Bonham or Cozy Powell? Oh wow, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. All I right, just so, love block with either one of those guys, man, you know? Yeah, and you know, I, I talk about it especially a lot this week because uh, of the bass player thing. You know, when you lock with somebody, and, and we were, we we got on pretty good. We had the right time yeah, together. I enjoyed playing with you. Yeah, um, I, I love them. And we should absolutely do it again, even if it's, you know, because I've got this, and 
we can just uh, plug in and do something. Uh, you know, absolutely, we should. So, yeah, we, we have we have time apparently. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. And we have Henry Smith, who was John Bonham's roadie, just in case he. Uh, wow. Henry's been my my tour manager since I moved to Florida, and he's just. Uh, wow. You want to hear stories? Those are stories. I had him on the show. Oh man. So I'm just wondering what's going to happen here as we approach eight o'clock. My last yeah. question for you is, and I hope it doesn't cut out before we get there. Favorite drummer joke or or anecdotal story? <laughs> okay, uh, real quick, if I can get, uh, it's a story. Uh, it's when I first joined New. Oh no! No! Fuck no! Shit! Everybody's hearing me cursing. Upgrade now! Upgrade now! No! No! Oh shit, people! Why did you do that? Oh, God. that sucks. Call him back. I give me. I don't know why it did that. That just sucks. Ace probably still telling it. Oh, you guys, I gotta call him and have it tell it over the phone. This is horrible. Why can't you come back in the door? I don't know. Oh, wow. Is it gonna. Oh, please come back. <laughs> okay, well, oh, God. That's horrible. Why do they do that? Oh no! I said that before. Man, that's ridiculous. I mean, we're gonna have to. I'm go getting. Over. I'm getting sick of this stuff, you guys. I'm getting sick of it. Are you calling? I'm trying to call him. Hang on. Log back in. I started another meeting. <laughs> See, this is the thing about how. Ah, so well. Are you guys having fun? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Keith Am I even on here? Am I on here? Oh, there I am. Okay, so I'm good. I'm good. He's coming back. He'll be back. Yeah, now we got another however long they let us stay. That sucked that they did that. Well, here he is. Hey! Okay, yeah, you gotta tell the whole story. Okay, now, wow. Now, first, okay, you're still muted. You're muted. Um, wait a minute. You're still. Okay, we there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta do mine. Okay, there well, we go. First of all, let me tell you what. I mean, that I've been doing this for months, and that is how how do they say it in French? Bullshit. I never because I already upgraded like months ago. So now I gotta pay for another hour of parking. I'm hanging out in the space. Please. Oh man. We didn't hear any of it. Yeah, we didn't hear any of the drummer thing. So please start from the top if you would. Okay. Yeah, I was saying that ending is like the Beatles. She's so heavy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, okay, so uh, it was my first year with Nugent, and uh, it was in between legs of the tour, and uh, we did a rehearsal at his ranch in in, um, in uh, Michigan. So one of the songs we were doing was Weekend Warriors, and we're at his uh, pole barn, and as you can imagine, in his pole barn, there's all kinds of heads, amp heads, animal heads, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a big, huge elk right over the drum kit. And so I'm, I'm playing, you know, we're doing it. I'm looking at my neck, and all of a sudden, you know, Mick Brown, who was the drummer, Wild Mick from Dokken, you remember him from Dokken? Oh, sure. 
all of a sudden the drums stop. And I'm thinking to myself, in a split second, I go, don't tell me he forgot the song. And I turn around, I look at the kit, I see antlers, fur, and a leg. Oh, man. It fell off the wall? The elk head oh, fell off the wall and nearly crushed him to death. <laughs> Wow! Well, talk about getting a little head behind the drum set, man! Wow! <laughs> and then, and then Ted goes, "Wow, you almost got killed by an animal that I killed." Oh man! That's wow! That's almost like reincarnation or something. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and I'll tell you what, Endlessly. Yeah, not that he killed the things, but we uh, when we first went there, he said, "Oh, you'll you'll stay in the in the rose suite." And we went yeah. into the Rose Suite, and there's a freaking polar bear, an actual, like a right. real wow. rug, a polar bear rug. Yeah. On the, and I know he didn't kill it, but I yeah. think somebody did, because it, yeah, yeah. it was fake. This was in the 80s, man. It right. was nuts. It was real. Nuts. Yeah, and, and he used to, he used to deep sea fish, and uh, he'd have those stuffed and hung on the ceiling, so you felt like wow. you were, uh, I don't know what, but anyway. You but, get yeah. stabbed by a marlin or something. Well, yeah. Take the polar bear out. Yeah, they, I, yeah, they, we had to remove the polar bear. I just, you know, listen, whatever. <laughs> uh, those things are. Ma I've never seen one, even a stuffed one up close. But I mean, they're they're massive, aren't they? Huh? Oh, yeah, and they, I mean, this was a rug, so it was laying down. But the thing that, oh. that it is is it's it, when they. I guess I don't know much about polar bear rugs, but. If I had to guess, you should probably have the mouth closed because the mouth is open and the teeth are like this. And in the night, in a strange place in England, if you kick the thing in the mouth, it's yeah, bad for you. No, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and he was eccentric uh, with the stuff that he kept around and all that. Um, yeah. So, so, am I, so now, let me, I'm going to pick us, like I said, I'm getting my quarter's worth here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so you left Cintron and went. How did that happen? How did you give um, that well? Um, I can't remember exactly what was going on or why it was. It was so long ago. It was '82. I think uh, you know maybe uh, me and the singer wanted to do more original kind of stuff or concentrate a little more on that. I, I don't remember what it was, but either way, um, we left in August of '82. And I started playing with a, a band uh, based out of New York City called Squadron. And, you know, we'd play at Great Gildersleeves and my father's place and the original places, uh, you know, in yeah, New York. Sure. You know? um, and uh, uh, Eric Carr used to come see us quite a bit. And he liked the band and they were looking, they, uh, they were having problems with Ace at the time, about 83. Oh, and, oh go um, figure. They, they, yeah, they, they really liked our guitar player, player named Michael Ray. And they ended up using him on some recordings and this and that. And then they passed over him because he was too short. <laughs> That's the reason I didn't get the VOC gig when I auditioned for them, but it was the opposite. Oh, and he was a VOC. Too tall. Yeah. yeah, and you were right. And you were in that. It's, it's so crazy, yeah. man. As a matter of fact, I, at 5'8", I was the tallest guy in the band. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I tell you something. About this funny thing. I, I don't know if you know, I did a... A record and a bit of a tour with Cliff Williams and Brian Johnson from uh, ACDC, and we uh -huh. did the, what's the song Thunderstruck, right? Uh, um, it starts off with the yeah. right, and Laurie says it sounds like little trolls, yeah. and Cliff said, "Well, 
It, it is little troll. Because <laughs> it was Angus and Malcolm. It was Angus and Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is little trolls. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. So, uh, so from... How did the yeah, so, uh, yeah, okay. So, so anyway, like to, just to finish that little thing, um, uh, Gene ended up uh, d- producing Wendy O's solo effort, the W-O-W-W album. He played bass on it, got Michael in the band, and when it came time to put the tour together, he liked the way Michael and I, you know, played together, and he put us both in the band. That was my first tour, um, you know, in 84. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. No, I, it makes me... We toured all over the country in an 84 LTD wagon. <laughs> Yeah, I did that in, uh, I did that not, seems like only yesterday. Uh, yeah, I know about that. Now, let me ask you this. Did you ever in your travels play with Leslie West? Um, you know what? We never played together, but we toured on the same tour. Uh, 2009, I was doing the Hippie Fest tour with Godfrey and yeah, right. um, Steve Murphy playing drums, Manny Focarazzo on keys. And, um, you know, we were the backup band for a bunch of different artists. But then Mountain closed the show. As Mountain with uh, with Corky, that whole thing? No, no, no. Uh, it was with Corky, yes. But uh, they had some uh, some uh, uh, Rev Jones Rev, on base. Yeah, with the spinning <laughs> thing on his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Corky was in the band at the time. And um, it, you know, it was really funny because Leslie's he's got such a unique tone and such a unique person, obviously. Um, during our sound checks, we would just uh, play, you know, me, Godfrey, and Steve, we'd just play old tunes or whatever. And then Leslie come up and go, Godfrey, that's not the way you're supposed to play that song. Here, it's like this. And he'd pick up Godfrey's guitar, and then boom, no matter what he was playing, uh, you know, what amp, what guitar, he picked it up, and there was that Leslie tone, you know? I believe me, I know. I, I played, just like you played in between tours with other tours, I played in between John with Leslie. Yeah, and when John would go out with the Who, I would go out with Leslie, and and it you know worked out great. And I was like the the biggest Leslie guy back in the day when Climbing came out. Man, never in my life I say it every show was my like favorite rock and roll song. I used to jump yeah. around it, yeah. and so to play it every night with Leslie, yeah, yeah freaking yeah. pretty cool. You know, it's yeah, uh, that, that's pretty amazing, man. That's somebody I'd love to play with too. You know, you can add him to that. You know, <laughs> well. Listen, I, I think he'd enjoy playing with you. I think he'd certainly like your, you know, your feel as a bass player. But um, and he plays with with Bobby Rondinelli. He uses Rondinelli sometimes. I think you guys would be a great trio. Yeah. But cool. um, yeah. uh, the reason, the thing that brought Leslie to my mind is when you said about uh, being in the band pictures and you yeah. Know, I was out on the road. He, uh, the first real tour that I did with Leslie um, was with Dave, the bass player from Rat Race on bass. And, right. uh, you know, I mean, we had that chemistry and so on and so forth. Yeah. And Leslie said, I'm having sharks made. I said, well, yeah, you, you're going to put our names on them? No, my manager told me never to put names on a T-shirt. So I guess you got to fire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. Yeah. Priceless. Absolutely. But but I'll tell you what, you hear all these nightmares about the guy. I, I would play with him in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. You know, hey, you know what? I got to ask you about a story. Uh, I think it was, um might have been Godfrey who told me about Entwistle. It was like you guys were playing somewhere in the Midwest, some outdoor thing, and there was a, a noise ordinance. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, John saw the sound man arguing with somebody. 
and say, what's all this, you know? Uh, it's a noise ordinance, you know, uh, it's a fine. Well, how much? $500, I'll take two. Yeah, it was actually $1,000. $1,000. And, and, and the way it went down was very interesting. It's funny, that I'm, I'm glad that Godfrey tells the story the same, you know, the same way. The way it went down was, uh, John sees our sound, you know, Joe Berger, who happened to be our sound man at the time, getting hassled by this suit. And I think we were in Colorado. And, yeah. and he's saying, and John kind of meanders over, you know, this little way he kind of meanders over. And, uh, and and Berger goes, well, talk to him or some such thing, right? He turns yeah, around yeah. And, said, and says, uh, you know, we have a noise ordinance here. And John goes, really? Now he's just blown half of the elk in the state out of their yeah. socks, right? <laughs> And uh, the guy said, yeah, I said, and there's a stiff fine. And he opens up his coat and reveals a badge. John looks at it and he goes, really? How much is the fine? The guy says, it's $1,000. I'll take two. <laughs> so, yeah, true story. True story. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, man, and I'll tell you what, I miss him, you know, it's weird. And you'll get this because not being on the road, like, I don't know what your friendship was in any of the bands that you were in, but you know, uh, probably you had the closest friendships with George and, and those guys. But when you're not on the road, you're used to not seeing, you know, you don't see Ted every day. It's not, Hey, good morning, Ted, where are you, you know? And so you're kind of used to those absences, you know? And yeah, especially when John was touring with the who, you know, I didn't talk to him all that much. He'd call me from wherever he was. And, you know, it was because we were constantly doing business for whatever was coming up next. But, um, you know, it's weird out there. So it's sometimes it feels normal that he's not around. And sometimes it's, you know, yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's uh, that's rock and roll. That's rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, um, you, you you know spent a ton of time with him being in his band and stuff like that. I I only met him a couple of times at Nam shows, you know, but uh, he was he was wonderful to me every every time, you know. Well, that's that's good because I I told I can't remember who it was I told to. Um, Cliff Williams from ACDC was asking uh -huh. me. We were talking about John, and I uh, I said, you know, how, did you get on with him? And he said, oh, no, no, you know. And I said, well, what happened? I, and he said, uh, we were at Ampeg, and we sat down, and I said, oh, oh John, I'm uh, Cliff Williams, I'm AC, dead bass player in ACDC. And, and John went, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Cliff said, you know. Uh, and yeah. I said, Cliff, he didn't hear a word you said. He didn't hear yeah. you. He didn't hear you. And Cliff was like, oh, he's dead. Oh, good. You know, yeah. He's not a prick after all. <laughs> so who was the most fun to be on the road with um wow you know uh it's it's kind of it's kind of tough i mean a lot a lot of a lot of bands are fun in different ways i i'd say probably uh, i i had a ton of fun with rainbow you know um it was me uh Berge and uh doogie white we'd hang out all the time and we'd like go out and adventuring and stuff like that it was mainly I mean, a lot of Europe, but, you know, Japan, South America, and, you know, we would just want to see as much of it as possible, you know? Yeah, of course. And so, uh, yeah, we, you know, and days off and stuff like that, uh, and uh, we just go out adventuring and just checking out the sites. And, you know, uh, sometimes Bergie, you know, I get a call from him, he'd be like, open your window. And this is when we were in Boys and Cult together. Open your window. You see that mountain? Yeah, he goes, 
let's climb it. I'm like, okay, see you in the lobby in 15. <laughs> right, yeah. lobby in 15. Isn't that the way that goes, man? Yep. And so did yep. you, and did you ever, you must have done the bus. You guys must have done the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like the bus? I love the bus, actually, you know? Um, yeah. You know, uh, some people don't. Nugent doesn't like the bus. He doesn't, he doesn't travel on the bus, you know? Um, he's got a, he's got a buddy with an airplane, you know? Uh, and uh, he just basically, he gets used to the plane. He just pays the pilot and the fuel. So he usually bounces back and forth to one of his ranches, Michigan or Texas, you know? And, um, or like from the East Coast, he stays with his daughter in, in Connecticut. Oh, that's not, well, so hey, listen, it's nice to have choices. Yeah, and then he's got a place in Florida too. So, you know, he's he's got choices for sure. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, I think I heard about him being down here. You know, everybody, every, yeah. eventually everybody comes down here, Greg, so, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll scope it out for you when you're ready. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, that's another thing about down here. I thought, you know, John passed in 02, I think we came down here in 04, you know, it was like, it was a couple of years of, you know, WTF and, um, yeah. and then we came down here and I figured, well, that's it, you know, I'll start smoking cigars and driving a Cadillac or something and, you know, I was driving a Cadillac <laughs> and, uh, you know, pronounce my last name Luongo so I can really be a yes. New Yorker from it, but it wasn't anything like that, you know, it was, um, yeah. It was tons of musicians. I mean, I met Cliff yeah. and I met Brian and we actually, oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. I, I mean, I became, we became buds. If there was ever a situation for a band situation to be a band situation, it was with those guys. They were yeah. just, uh, I produced, and I'll tell you real quick, I produced some songs for them, which is why I built the studio when we moved yeah. here, because there's nothing down here really to, oh, now there is, but then there wasn't. And um, so, and we really had that that vibe. And I was producing the record, and I would come in from a track, and I'd say, "Man, that guys, that was great!" Or to Cliff and whatever, and, and he'd say, "You know, sorry, Steve, but you know, we're not used to hearing that kind of stuff." And I said, w "What kind of stuff?" Uh, you know, thank you, and that was really great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah. But um, there's yeah, there's a community down here. It's really yeah. really crazy. So anyway, I yeah. I, I've got a, I got family down there too. I have a, a sister in. Uh, well, she's down in Key West. That's like another state, anyway. That's way. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, and then I've got a, a brother in um, Orlando, and then um, a niece in uh, West Palm. Oh, so you're like I mean that's it's so it's actually in your blood destiny to wind up here. Yeah, yeah. My mother, you know, when she left Long Island, she she went down uh, outside outside of Orlando and. Uh, you know, aunts, uncles, uh, yeah, everybody. I, I actually have no more relatives in New York. Everybody. Yeah, really? oh, there you go. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, listen. It's you know, it's it's uh, look, we, you and I. If we were to, to go through our travel log, we've been to a few places in our lives. Oh yeah. And for me, I was talking about with Lori where I am right now. Everything that I know about the world or whatever, I am in my perfect place. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, I mean, you know, when you travel enough and you see enough things, uh, it's just you find a place that works. And we would, I would come down here after tours to Sanibel Island because you know they let dogs. Oh, love it. Yeah. So there you go. And I'm. Yeah maybe 12 miles from there right uh, right yeah so it's uh 
It's good. I mean, it's it's. I, I like living down here. It's a lot of crazy yeah. people sometimes. Uh, like Naples area. It's a little north of Naples, but yeah, it's the same. Yeah, the same West Coast. Yeah. Same way, yeah. and directly across oh. from from Palm Beach on the other uh, on the other yeah. coast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I think I, that's that's my favorite part of Florida, right? Right around that area, you know. Um, you know, I don't I don't like the East Coast so much, you know. Nah, not for it, me either. You know, it's like you know, uh, um, shopping mall, hotel, fast food place, shopping mall, hotel, fast food, you know, repeat, you know, on and on. Strip you know? club, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny because I do, you know, I mean, I do some business over there with the fashion thing that I do. I, I have some shops over there. So I spend a little time. It's just such a totally different vibe. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I forget who I was talking to about it. And they said, well, you know, like, it's hard to explain the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast. And I said, no, it's actually pretty easy. The East Coast is where yeah. the sharks are and the dolphins yeah. are over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know. So that's, uh, you know, listen, it's it's uh, it's a great business that we're in. And, you know, is there anything that we should tell people about what you're doing? Uh, you know, do you have any kind of broadcast or any of that stuff that you're doing or, you know? Um, no, you know what I, I've been doing a lot of is like just sort of like collaboration videos of uh, old songs, you know. Um, we, just, uh, we just did one last week that came out uh, of Devil Woman, you know. Oh, wow, yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, I sang and, and uh, played bass on it. And uh, it's Bill Heller from the Rippingtons on keys. Yeah. And uh, Jake, who's a Nugent's drummer, 25-year-old kid. The kid's really good, you know? Um, 25, and, you know, he's got a, a musical ability and knowledge far beyond his years. I mean, he's, you know, in, in a power trio with Ted. And Ted, you never know where he's going to go. Mm. You know, he might bust into a Hendrix song at any moment, you know? You, you don't you just don't know or play a song that we haven't played in years you know just bust into it and uh he's right there he's always listening you know and and he's he's and i'm just like at 25 man i mean well i guess at 25 we were like that too though but you know we certainly were like that we were we were ready yeah. for anything i mean that was the whole yeah. whole point of you know of being who we yeah. were and what we did yeah. you know uh, yeah. and and everybody says about the long island scene that it, it just encouraged thoroughness in your playing it really yeah. you had to bring it all there was no you uh -huh. know, there was the, nobody in any of those bands was a slacker and mm -hmm. i didn't see them all but i heard them all you know yeah. going into and uh, one thing you know i mean you know you've played with pros your whole life you know what the real thing is and that back yeah. you know on that level in the nightclubs and stuff it can get scary you know with yeah. guys play but yeah. uh you know, I'm uh, I'm happy with you know when I came up and, and that whole thing. So. Absolutely, you know, it was really a wonderful time, man. You know, um, I, I tell you, one of the things, I, you know, that that whole Long Island scene definitely shaped my work ethic. You know, um, going forward and you know, go, launching into the professional world. You know, um, you know, um, and you know, three of the main things that I learned was uh, show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> know the material better than the guy who wrote it and here's the big one that people screw up all the time don't be a dick <laughs> yeah well you know well, and, people don't get that last one <laughs> well that's a matter of being in the, in an atmosphere that supports your dickiness you know what i mean yeah. you know somebody who gets it you know then there's yep. that but uh yeah listen it's it's uh 
it's a, a wonderful thing that we get to do and well you know we need to figure like i said i've got the ship right behind me man i'll yeah, send yeah. you some rhythm track we should get something oh, going man. and then we should Anytime. use this, this platform to share it with the people because they're out there sure so, yeah. absolutely i'd love to man you know uh, it'd be a, a great to have an opportunity to, to play with you again man you know even if it, even if virtually you know hey man it's you know it's it's still it's still whatever happens between one and four i you know why not it would be great i would um, love, and i would love to throw down with you too so um yeah what are you did you tell me you were using logic yeah okay well i can help you a little bit when you get you know when you get to the uh, how do i do this thing because i have i've got all of them in my tower which is just yeah over there and uh -huh. <laughs> logic and and uh dt yeah. and uh pro tools so you know we we got yeah. stuff to talk about and do yeah absolutely absolutely well you know like i said uh, i've definitely um because you know in, in the past all, all i've all I really do here is I just do my bass tracks and send them off, you know, yeah. little lamb thing, maybe a little compression, whatever, get it sounding nice in the track, send off the wave, you know? Um, but you know, I've just, I, I've, I've usually just done that, like done through like a, a few, few tracks and maybe comp them together. And you know, what, what are a little late hit here, you know? Um, but just a couple of in the last like month, they're like, Oh wow, I can do this. That's easy. You know, just, little uh, things here and there, you know that's one of my like, favorites you know, and stuff I, where I, I do the, the long way you know i love editing man i mean I, that's like yeah. i i love fixing stuff it's because it really yeah. lets you be if anybody were to ask me what's you know what do i love about digital i love that about digital i don't think you're cheating you know what i mean i think it gives you an opportunity yeah. when you have that golden take and one thing you know do yeah. i punch it in do i have the time to get in you know what i mean and uh just it's it's ridiculous yeah. what you can do it's just yeah yeah just great yeah without a doubt yeah I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it you know so well, like i said man you know this is the beginning not the end so um i'm uh, i'm gonna go eat some dinner now and i, I is there anybody even i i totally lost my feed and everything else we could be talking into in, to oh, nobody people there yeah who's still there people there yeah. oh good we've got like uh ten thousand from helsinki watching tonight is just good <laughs> and, uh, and i know you guys are big there <laughs> uh, you know as a matter of fact you know what's really fun i've been doing these um once we got locked down here yeah um and it was no more gigs i i, I started doing stuff from my backyard just live streams from my backyard just grab a couple of local musicians and just play old school rock and roll live stream it and then i was so pleasantly surprised at the response and you know it was like, you know, 500 people viewing at a time and stuff. And, uh, you know, and people go, hello from Helsinki. And that was one of, we had a guy from Helsinki, you know, and uh, people from the UK. I had a guy from Pakistan, you know. It's, it's great, man. Especially if you, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I've never done India or any of that, but, um, you know, when you go to places and you, it's just amazing. You know, uh, did you guys, when you were in Rainbow, did you guys do Japan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did Japan. We did a nice. Uh, um, I think we were there for about two weeks, two and a half weeks. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it there. Did Do you? you? Bullet train? Did, did you take the bullet train? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I took, of course. Yeah. yeah. And you can see Mount Fuji yeah. for hours. You were going like a thousand yeah. miles an hour, and the thing just sits there. What is up with that? Yeah. Yeah. 
I actually I climbed Mount Fuji. Did you really? That was that was one of the mountains. I was like, that's, that wasn't Bergie. That was another time I was doing a you know the moving out show. Um, uh, you know the road version. I was there for six weeks in Tokyo for six weeks. Wow. Um, doing moving out, and then um, me and the uh, couple of the guys, another couple of Long Island guys, uh, Carmine Giglio and Mike Sartino. Um, they were in the show, and on a day off, we we went up, climbed Mount Fuji, you know? And it was really funny, because my wife, when I told her the next day, she goes, uh, well, what did you do to prepare? I said, well, I got drunk with the dancers the night before. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, no, people, like train to do that. I'm like, ah, I trained. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was training. Yeah, not <laughs> uh, that's funny. It must be in your blood to climb those mountains. I've climbed <laughs> well, I mean, a few. It's, 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 not, it's not literally a... Yeah, you know, no, there, I, yeah. There's a path, you know. I mean, there's there's old women, you know, doing it. So, uh, but it, it is uh, treacherous at some points, you know. It, it's pretty rocky. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I've I've climbed a few mountains backstage uh, over the years, and you know. Yeah, but Billy Squire <laughs> climbed that oh, mountain. Oh yeah, Billy Squire climbed some something. Something yeah, was really hard to climb. That it was yeah, and I like I don't know. I didn't get it really, but. It's, yeah, you know, that, it's a good. And listen, if you enjoy that, and and that's the cool thing yeah. about this gig, you know, or about any gig, you never know where it's going to take you. I remember, um, I was in England. We were touring England with uh, Leslie, Leslie West, uh-huh. and we're driving down. I forget what road it was. Uh, I don't know the four, the five, or whatever it was. M five, and there's a sign, Stonehenge, two miles. It was like oh, Stonehenge. Yeah. I said, Leslie, uh, we got to go to Stonehenge. I said, we're going to Stonehenge, man. Come on, it's right yeah. there. You never know. Sat in the car like your grandmother, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> priceless, priceless, priceless. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. Oh, God, yes. On that tour, we played the Shepherd's Bush Empire, you know, and I'm, uh-huh. you know, we played all the places up and down England. And the last gig was in Southampton. Have you ever been to Southampton? I believe I have with Alice Cooper. Where the Mayflower landed? Because I'm sure you didn't go to this place. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, okay, we pull into Southampton and somebody says, one of the crew says, this is, look at these steps. These are the steps. And they go down into the water. These are the steps that the pilgrims walked up when they got off the Mayflower or whatever it was. And they're like oh. big, huge stone steps, but they're worn down in the middle, like from, yeah. you know, thousands of footsteps. So I'm thinking, I said, wow, I can't wait to see the gig, man. This is just amazing. I'm yeah. all in the culture. And then Leslie says, yeah, let's go. We got to go. We got to go play. This was our last show. I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be lines around the block. We're playing in somebody's basement <laughs> with a portable, with a portable bar, and these it was like this husband and wife, older people were were wow. having parties in their in their basement and serving alcohol to these kids, and we're like, I'm like, and the dressing room was like their den. It was so, wow, yeah. So that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't make this stuff. We go from the Shepherd's Bush oh, Empire to Gladys's basement. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's cool. Anyway, um, man, you I, know what? I remember when, when, oh. with Alice when um uh, the first time I was ever in Russia, you know, and we're in we're in Moscow, and you know we go with Alice and the promoter and stuff, and you know we go into Red Square, and me and the guitar player Pete, you know, Alice 
the way he 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 does his tourist thing is he walks really fast to the other side and out you know but me and guitar player we were like wow check this like you know st basil's oh my god look at you know the I remember like missiles going through this, you know, when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, Alice is gone and we're stuck there, you know, we didn't know how to get back to our hotel, you know? And so, uh, we can't read the Cyrillic writing. So we see like a little stairway going down thinking it's a subway. No, it's, we come up on the other side of the street, you know, <laughs> and we did that like two or three times. And then these two young girls obviously must've known we were in Alice Cooper's band and they come up to us and ask us and they were like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll show you how to get back to your hotel. So they take on this, uh, us on the subway, and the subway was awesome, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it was clean, but they still have all these old Soviet statues, you know? Like, you know, massive, like, eight-foot-tall statues. Wow. These really, like, nasty-looking guys with guns, and, they, you know, the hammer and sickle and all, you know? Yeah. And uh, so they, they, took us, they took us to our hotel, and right outside the subway station by the hotel was a McDonald's with, like, the big M and then Cyrillic writing, you know? Wow. <laughs> you know? That's and crazy. They, they insisted on buying us McDonald's. I guess they wanted to buy Americans McDonald's. Which is like, you know, let's smuggle potatoes into Idaho, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you it know, taste I, like I, McDonald's? I, you know, we, don't, we don't want it. We don't want it. No, please, please, we buy for you McDonald's. You know, we want to buy for you McDonald's. We have no, no, no. <laughs> I think Joe's still over there. I think Joe Lynn's still over there now. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I think his wife, his wife is from... Um, uh, Kiev, yeah, uh, in Belarus. So uh, I think he spends a lot of time over there. Well, could could be worse. But now, see, in my my little fried brain, there's something I've been wanting to ask you about all day. Uh-huh. I'm curious. Um, did you ever play golf with Alice Cooper? No, no, never, never. No. Uh, uh, you know, he. I think some of the guys in his band now play with him, but um, I. I I never, never really was interested in it, you yeah, know. So I, yeah, you either love it or you don't. See, I, uh, yeah. it was, uh, I wasn't into it. My one of my my f- uncle, my father's brother, was a PGA pro, and you know all the uh, like downright golf family. My father's side of the yeah. family, all scratch golfers, and my uncle Joe was a, was like a you know a professional. And I couldn't give a shit about it. I just I had nothing yeah. to do with it. Then I moved down here. And I start hanging out with Robin Zander, and and he uh, invites me to play in a golf tournament slash charity fundraiser. You know, we'll put the band together. Yeah. I'm sure you've done a million of these. And so I said, oh, okay, you know, why not? And he says, do you play golf? And I happen to be living in a country club. I was waiting for the real estate bubble to burst down here. So uh-huh. we, had a, we had a house in the country club for a while, and um, we lived right on the 10th fairway, three houses yeah. from the clubhouse, right? So Zander says, you know, you want to... And play in my golf tournament and blow and I said yeah sure and I, I we went out and bought clubs at Target and <laughs> yes. started practicing I mean it's a whole long yeah. story but then I got freaking addicted to it and now I yeah. actually play so I was curious right. to to know if he's you know I mean I know he's a scratch player he's a yeah, monster he's yeah he's he's always been a you know a matter of, a lot of times we'd have to you know even pick him up yeah, you know, right directly from you know uh, uh, the course or whatever. Um, but he was always, you know, on the road whenever he can. I think even more so now. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, back in the day, and you know, the funny thing is, I remember Alice 
Cooper from when they first started playing Max's way back when we were yeah. kids. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how far, you know, with Neil and uh, all yeah. those guys. And he was and, in the nut house uh, by your house. That's right. And he was in the nut house across the street from my house. You might want to ask him about that. Etiquette or upstate the, New York? No, New White York Plains. in White Plains. He was yeah. in uh, the uh, New York hospital where he claims to have written okay. uh, Welcome to My Nightmare. Yeah, we wow. we used to go over there and try to see him, but <laughs> couldn't see him. You know, it was, but yeah, that huh. was uh, yeah. And there, and it's see, I, what's that? Oh no, I, I did a re-record of "Welcome to My Nightmare" with Alice for Guitar Hero. Ah, wow, that must have been cool. It was cool because we had to do it exactly like the original because wow. it was replacing the original, and, it, and Bob Ezrin produced it too. Oh, that's oh man. Well, that you know, it was really. It was it was me. It was uh, uh, Red Beach on guitar. Yeah. And uh, uh, um, uh, his current drummer, Glenn Sobel. Uh -huh. And um, I remember, like you know, Ezrin was giving Glenn a hard time, you know. And then he turned around and he gave Reb a hard time. And then he came over to me and looked like look look stared me down. And I was like, oh boy, here it comes. And then he just moved back to Glenn. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those taskmasters, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I remember uh, when I first started producing the record for Brian, he said, you're, you're not going to beat us like Mutt Langer, are you? <laughs> Mutt Langer, he called him. Langer. Yeah, I don't beat any. I don't beat. And that's the second yeah. time I heard stuff about yeah. Mutt. Yeah. Um, I, wow. uh, we, uh, when we did the Vampires, the, the Endwistle studio record, we had all the guests on it. We, uh, I had asked Ann and Nancy Wilson to play. And, wow. and they said the same thing. You're not going to pull a Mutt Lang on us, are you? It was like, no kidding, huh? Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Wow. Weird. And speaking of Mutt Lang, um, I watched an incredible show last night called, uh, what was it? What was it called? David Foster, Man and His Music. Have you seen that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I saw that, but I, I haven't watched it yet, but I saw it on the, either yeah. Netflix or Prime. It, I can't remember. It's, uh, it's, well, now see now you mentioned Prime. Now I have to tell you about the movie that you need to see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you seen Ox's Tale? I have not. Is that on Prime? Yeah, it is. Just search. Oh man, I gotta check that out. Yeah, search John Ant Whistle or search Ox's Tale. It'll come right okay. up. Great, and great. Dan I'll, I'll check it out tonight. Yeah, and Danny just called me today because uh, you know I'm, and you would think I was getting residuals from Prime. Uh, you yeah. Know. I didn't even know it was on. Well, I didn't even know that it was on there, right? I, you know, I mean, I get uh, I get my checks just like everybody every quarter because yeah. I do a lot of TV stuff too. But yeah, we're, we're going. Yeah, we're at the dog park. We have our dog at the dog park, and this lady says, "Oh, I saw your movie last night." I was like. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> that movie? And and she said, "Oh no!" And she just started talking about the movie like I knew what she was talking about. Um, and then I figured it out because she was talking about Pete Townsend and this one and that one. Yeah. And yeah. I said, "Well, where'd you see this?" <laughs> and she said, "On Prime." It was, it was oh crazy. man! Yeah. So we went home and watched it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> Oh shit! Anyway, now listen. I, this has been fantastic. Yeah. And now that you're going to yeah. watch watch the film, we can talk about it in our next yeah. episode. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, you've been Sounds you've been great. reeled in now. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. All right, cool. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it, where? What else do we see on Prime that we? Because he's he's hung up in there too. Anything else for uh, for him to watch? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the music stuff. Have you seen that Eagles documentary? 
I did. Yeah, it was amazing. Tom yeah, Tom Petty's is a good one too. Yeah. Uh, I saw that one. Yeah, I, I think we watched that on the road. That's been out for a little while. Uh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. It's know, amazing. Do you know Steve Ferroni, the guy who took uh, Dan Lynch's place? Steve Ferroni, the drummer. No, I don't. I, I love him, but I don't. Yeah. 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 It's just a small world. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. Nice guy. Yeah. Small world. Great guys. Yeah. It's just a small yeah. world. All right. Well, listen, yeah. I am going to plug you in for another show shortly. Anytime, man. Anytime. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll call you. And thank you for doing okay. this, man. It's, it's great catching up with you. Absolutely great catching up with you, man. It's been, been too long. Let's do what we do. We can't let it go much longer. Definitely not, man. Definitely not. All right. You know, I'm, 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 I'm ready. So uh, we'll, we'll talk, you know, about potential uh, projects yeah no question man i mean uh, anytime i i still have sticks i'm ready <laughs> have sticks will beat things oh man you know what i did a couple of local gigs that, sorry to like start up but no a couple listen, of that's what we're doing what we do yeah i did a couple of local gigs here in town you know uh, because we semi opened up and i hadn't played you know really played in front of people and my fingers blistered up like you couldn't believe man i had blood blisters <laughs> I, you know what? I know that when I, when I started, it was funny because I, I um, in tw 2012, I got the call from Robin Zander. You want to, you know, gear up and go out and do some stuff. I need to play more, blah, blah, blah. I was, you know, looking at being 60 and so on. And I said, yeah, no problem. And so I did my share of the stuff and we put the band together and went out. And um, man, I tell you what. I, Playing when I used to play with Rat Race, I had a yeah. I had a lump because I play conventional yeah. grip. And I had a lump, a muscle with a callus on it that looked like I was starting to grow another thumb. Now uh, I've seen, and it's gone. I mean, it's it's gone yeah. completely, gone. So now yeah. I'm figuring, well, okay, we're gonna play Beatles songs, we'll play some, you know, this and that. Now I was bleeding like a stuck pig. It was <laughs> crazy. I know, and mm. you know it. it it it, uh, it seems to happen quick. I mean, you know, if you don't play for just a few weeks, you know. Yeah, it does. It happens quick. And I'll tell you, you know, I I write when I write, I write on keyboards or guitar. And I haven't yeah. picked up a guitar in probably months. And when I yeah. do, you know, so I usually play an acoustic. Um, it just it's wow, it hurts. Yeah, it yeah. hurts. It's like, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep, you know, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. I know. I know. And I see your weapons back there. Precision? Oh, yeah. I got just a few of them. I mean, I got about like a whole whole wall of them going that way. It, you know, a lot of fenders. Um, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I went back to being a P-Base guy. I started with P-Bases, then tried everything under, under the sun, then went back to P-Bases, you know? Um, but I've got, you know, a Gibson EB3 here, a bunch of Music Man Stingrays, uh, you know, uh, um, what else? Uh, Spectre, um, you know, just a, some jazz basses, you know. Yeah, I saw, I, I watched a thing, uh, I'll just we'll, we'll wrap it with this. I watched a thing that you did when you were out with, oh God, I have it and I could play it. What was the Wizards? Um, oh, Wizards of Winter. Wizards yeah. of Winter, yes. Um, yeah. And uh, they did the soundtrack for uh, Game of Thrones, right? Um, bad story. Bad joke. Bad no, joke. No, 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 yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, no, I haven't oh. seen it. That's what I, that's I'm why. probably one of the few 
glad I've seen it. All right, well, when you, when you, yeah, because there, the whole thing throughout the whole show is winter is coming. So, oh, <laughs> but don't let me spoil it for you. In the end, everyone yeah. dies. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like real life. Yeah, just like real life. So, yeah, what was that? There was, where were we going? We were going to winter. The, uh, oh, the, right, the Wizards of Winter. Um, yeah. You were talking about gear. Uh, guitars. Right, yeah. face, that's what it was. Thank you, man. Wow. <laughs> it was that last hit of acid, I think, that did it. <laughs> um, and you were playing uh, a five-string Stingray, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, that's... Uh, you, when guys like those... They really uh, like him. That's all Cliff will play with ACDC, and he's got every bass in the world. Oh, uh, the music band? Yeah. Yeah. They are wonderful sounding instruments. And uh, honestly, uh, being that I'm doing so so much recording, I'm recording with all all my different basses. Uh, but the, the music bands record so beautifully. I think they sound better recorded than they do live. You know, in a live situation, I like a P bass, but recording... That that music man just sounds like a million bucks, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I know about that because you know when I was, and it was interesting because we took Cliff's uh, direct, and then we uh, took it direct. We took it through an amp and um, took it through two different amps, and Eden and something else, you know, whatever his uh, yeah. rig du jour was, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and we wound up use, using that direct signal because the thing just sounded yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. really do. Right. You know, Hello. and uh, yeah, that, music, that uh, Wizards of Winter band is def that's definitely a five string gig. You know, um, I'm I'm definitely a, a purist. I, I like four string, but the five is it's a tool you need to have in your toolbox. You know, yeah. No, um, is it is it B on the bottom? Is that yeah yeah yeah? yeah. Uh, that that material is really a lot of that low B. And and when I was doing the you know moving out or when I played with Billy, um, you know, there's some low B stuff going on. So you know. I, I just use that instrument when I needed it and go back to a Fender four string, you know, as soon as I could. <laughs> well, listen, you, you, you know, you use what you need for the gig. That's, that's what yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, I remember once I did a, I went to a clinic, Buddy Rich, and I showed him a picture of my drums and you remember how stupid that was with, you know, yeah. like, a, oh, yeah. like a trapeze. And he said to me, you play all of these. And I was like, they wouldn't be there if I didn't play them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I'm going to go eat some dinner, bro. This is All right, man. more go, fun. Go to it. Yeah, we got to yeah. do this. I'm going to call you over the next couple of days. We're going to schedule Anytime. a follow-up, and maybe we'll Sounds invite great. George to join us. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Three-way. Yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much. It's been My really pleasure. a pleasure, bro. Thank and I will, right. uh, I will try, I, like I said, I'll call you over the next couple of days and we'll okay. figure out how to do some music and we will do it. That sounds great to me, man. All right. Great man. talking to you, Steve. Yeah, good talking to you, guys. I'll see you soon. Take care. All right, bud. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Jason's Deli. With four convenient locations from Naples to Cape Coral, Florida, they are a must-try. Jason's Deli, where all good things come from wholesome ingredients. And Bradley's Jewelers of South Fort Myers. They specialize in amazing moments. Bradley's Jewelers. Stop by and say hello to Brad and Colby. And we'll see you next week right here on the podcast from the No Gloom Ballroom. It's rock and roll show and tell.